0: They're designed to withstand the harshest conditions on earth. So sat in a in a field in in England covered in insulation, I don't think the longevity of them is, is gonna be an issue.
1: Engineering matters, where this week we're exploring the use of shipping containers for accommodation, a trend that's become known around the world as cargo texture. The most well-known example of this is the Gate Warnen development in Amsterdam, where 1,034 shipping container homes were delivered at a rate of 150 per month, providing much-needed, low-cost student accommodation to this busy city. Originally intended as a five-year temporary housing fix, the units are still there 12 years later. And this is something that advocates of these residences are quick to point out. They do not need to be temporary.
2: The container structure contained steel, they, they will last 30, 40 years if you just maintain it according to our maintenance programme. And the concrete foundation will last forever.
1: This is Bjorn Nørgaard, Chief Operating Officer of Urban Rigor, a new shipping container based housing project that keeps shipping containers on the water but in a whole new way
2: the urban Riga is a floating and mobile property totaling of 745 square meters whereas 300 square meters is housing 220 square meters are basement and the rest is the common areas the urban riga is designed by a well-known Danish architect, Bart Jag Engels. It started out four or five years ago with an idea. Based on that idea, we built a prototype of Urban Rigger, and that Urban Rigger is in Copenhagen harbour today.
1: Urban Rigger takes advantage of the unused city centre space that exists within waterways running through the heart of Denmark's capital city and at the same time, it's designed as a solution to the lack of accommodation available for students moving to the capital to begin their university education. Uh,
2: the design involves stacking nine shipping containers on top of a uh, floating concrete pontoon to create a total of 12 uh, studio apartments. Uh, the con- concrete pontoon forms uh, the foundation structure and uh, has a basement which uh, houses a stores. Storage spaces, laundry room, technical room, a fitness room, etc. Uh, and uh, in that basement, the uh, urban is outfitted with very modern technology. It's got uh, solar panels, it's got uh, a heat neutral source heating system so we can extract heat from the water. We have uh, low energy pumps for water heat and ventilation and wastewater.
1: To find out more about these technical details, I spoke to Urban Rigger's Head for Marine Design, Jesper Dirk Andersen.
3: Hello, Bernadette. Good morning. I'm I'm here. I think, to annoy you with technical details. (laughs) I am an, uh, an engineer, a naval architect of education, and I've been doing floating constructions like this for 20 years.
1: He says that designing shipping container homes on the water has similarities with designing on dry land.
3: The main reason being that when you when you create a foundation for a house on land, you calculate the strengths, well nowadays you do at least, the strengths of that against the water pressure inside the ground. And in principle you do the same for a basement that is floating in water. So therefore it is it is it's not as far away as you would imagine, but still it is the marine world. It's a hull, it is protected against corrosion, it is prepared for stability and buoyancy to do the task of lifting this whole superstructure on top, you know. So that is exactly a pendant to the marine world.
1: Among the challenges facing the designers was the need for the concrete pontoon described by Jesper as the hull to resist saltwater corrosion and, of course, remain watertight.
3: The concrete hull itself itself is structurally designed to resist the corrosive environment of, of saltwater, which is, in fact, one of the most corrosive envi- environments we have. It's, it's uh, designed to be protected against that uh, by means of um, different uh, additives in the concrete, plasticizers, who waterproof the concrete itself, and by having an overwhelming strength, the strength is very important because that is what uh, protects you against uh, deflections. And normally, deflections because of the water pressure or impacts is what creates problems.
1: By problems, Yesber means cracking, which must be prevented at all costs to maintain structural integrity and keep the steel reinforcement dry. This means taking a conservative design approach, using high-strength concrete mixed with plasticizers, and over-designing elements such as reinforcement to ensure the structure is completely robust and that the hull has enough weight to maintain a stable living environment.
3: We have also over-designed, you may say, the steel structure inside the concrete so that we never have deflections. Because when you don't have that you don't have any deterioration of the concrete surface. And that way you have a perfect surface which will outlast us all, which is designed for a 100-year design life.
1: Meanwhile, the steel shipping containers themselves sit one and a half metres above the waterline and they're also surface-treated.
3: One way to, to prevent co- corrosion of the containers is to not have them anywhere near the water and I mean, you know, when you are like one and a half meters above the surface of salt water, then that is far away enough. Then we paint it, you know, we surface treat the steel. We, uh, we add um, lightning protection and uh, uh, we earth, we bond the surface of the, the, or the steel metal, the metal of the containers, we bond that with the metal inside the rebar inside the hull itself so we connect all these electrically so that that you can't have a corrosion.
1: Another advantage of this portable housing project, and others like it, is that it's really efficient in terms of its energy use.
3: First of all, I would say the efficiency of the heating system in, in this kind of dwelling is very high. If you add one kilowatt of energy, say in terms of electricity for example, the return is four kilowatts of heating. So you multiply whatever energy you put in, like when you pay uh, for electricity, for example, you multiply that by four. That is a very efficient system. The way that is done is that it's it's, uh, a heat recovery system is implemented in the home. Heat recovery means that you... Um, you reproduce, you take energy from the surrounding media, in this case the salt salt water uh, which the hull is floating in you you pull out the energy from that media and you put it into a heat pump. The heat recovery system, the the method you do this is implemented in the hull itself. You turn the concrete structure into a mass energy storage. You may say that if the concrete hull is a couple of hundred tons of weight, at least the base slab could be like a hundred tons, would be a battery for energy. And that energy, the heat recovery system, takes out, put it into a heat pump. And the heat pump then delivers all the heating for the twelve apartments and the hull itself.
1: The heat transfer system by Danish technology firm Danfoss is similar to ground source heating, with a brine in the hull which uses the temperature differential to gain four degrees.
3: When the, the heat pump produces heating for all the apartments, this brine temperature could sink to, like, example, zero degrees in the amidst a very heavy winter. This zero degrees you then lead into the hull itself, and by floating around in, in the pipes in the basement of the hull. This temperature is raised from zero to four. So you recover four degrees, and those four degrees, that is the energy that you put into the heat pump. And that is what it it needs to be able to heat all the apartments.
1: Like many of today's container homes, electricity is generated on site using photovoltaic solar cells.
3: And as the urban rigger, one was. Like a prototype, where we tested these all these um, these uh, mechanics. Uh, we we didn't even put in a full PV system. We could have done that at that stage, but we wanted to just you know test it a little bit step by step. And therefore, we added uh, we have a three phase electrical system here. So we added two batteries and two inverters, and these two batteries do one phase each. So at the moment we cover two of our three phases. It's a little bit weird, but it, it works uh, this way, you know. And, but it does uh, cover two thirds of our whole energy demand, or sorry, electricity demand.
1: But the urban riggers are also grid-connected to ensure there is always power. From a wastewater perspective, the units are connected into the local sewer system. But Jesper says they do have an option for installing urban riggers with tanks for remote locations. Although construction of an urban rigger unit can be undertaken in just six to eight months, Jesper explains that more time is often needed from a planning perspective.
3: So from a construction point of view, we can construct an urban rigger in, say, six to eight months. Realistically speaking, we always say one year. but. The the process of having it approved and the process of deciding all your boring needs and, and the infrastructure normally takes much more time than you expect.
1: For Urban Rigger, the next step is construction of five more units. This is currently underway. This means 72 student apartments on Copenhagen's waterways. After this, Urban Rigger is going international. Björn Nurgard explains.
2: We have We won a competition in uh, Jydeborg, Sweden, which is expected to be the next project. And that is uh, to deliver 24 urban riggers, uh, which is 288 apartments. And for us, it it has been very uh, important, but also nice that we uh, ramped up to produce five more urban riggers right now in in a uh, more industrialized setup so, we are prepared for the next big step in production.
1: Constructing the next five units has given Urban Rigor the chance to scale up ahead of delivering larger schemes like this.
2: First, Urban which is, and we have produced, we got the containers from Rotterdam in Holland. And the next batch we are producing, we get the containers from China. You can get them from anywhere, but, but that's, so that, that can change. But right now, we get the containers from China. And uh, the concrete hull, we produce that in Poland, the first one, and uh, the next fire is also produced in Poland.
1: Moving up in scale also means considering new business models, including licensing the design for other applications and developers.
2: We have had many requests for making boutique, floating boutique hotels, etc. So that, that will come in the future. But, the, but right now we are just focusing on the student housing
1: the hospitality sector is indeed exploring greater use of shipping containers. The speed of construction, enabled by these flexible, portable units, is seeing investors embrace the opportunity to create revenue-generating units in record time. Dave Stone from By the River Brew Company told me more about their project, which, unlike Urban Rigor, is not sitting on the water sitting next to it on Gateshead Quayside.
4: We're on Hillgate Quay in Gateshead and uh, less than three months ago this was just a a waste strip of land and as part of the kind of exhibition of the north we were approached in terms of making the space into um, something that would attract uh, people to this side of the river.
1: Dave describes the site as a creative container community and it sits beneath the historic Tyne Bridge linking Newcastle with Gateshead.
4: Uh, We have a a microbrewery, taproom, open flame restaurant, coffee shop, bike shop, which in the evenings morphs into like a covert cocktail bar. And then uh, on the other side, we have a hawker's market, uh, which opens at weekends. Which is encouraging, kind of local independent street food traders uh, and the local kind of independent economy.
1: I asked Dave how long it took to build the complex of bars and restaurants housed in more than 60 shipping containers along the south side of the River Tyne. I mean, how long long did it take
4: you to do this? Ten weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was a real push. uh, But one of the uh, caveats, in order for it to happen, was that it was open for the exhibition of the, the opening night of the exhibition of the North, which was 27th of June. So uh, we just kind of threw everything into it really um, and put all of our efforts into ensuring that it was ready.
1: Preparation of the second hand containers was done off site and the units were brought in on trucks, with interior fit out carried out to a really high standard.
4: So we, we actually did all of the work on the externals off-site because you wouldn't want to be sandblasting next to a river. No. Um, especially with, you may hear the kittiwakes in the background. Yeah, and, I can uh, hear them. Yeah, they're, they're, the, uh, they're the bosses around here. <laughs> they have, uh, they have uh, nesting rights over and above us.
1: Development of the project costs just under £2 million, and the business has a four-year lease with the local council. After this four years, the lease could be extended or by the Brew company could decide to move on.
4: Well, we're here definitely for four years right. and then and we've designed it with that in mind that much of it uh, should we need to move it uh, can come with us wherever we go. That's why we've called it by the river because all we need is a river. There's a lot of it that we've built with the fact that we may have to um, deconstruct it and reconstruct it somewhere else.
1: Also in the north of England, John Johnson of Reach Homes and Chair of the National Federation for Affordable Building has big plans for his affordable container homes, the first of which he now lives in at Healy City Farm in Sheffield.
0: Uh, Five years' time, 14 factories all around the country, uh, 6,000 units a year. And really, that'll make us about the 14th biggest house builder in the country, um, providing alternatives for anybody who wants to either rent or buy uh, an energy-efficient, inexpensive house, and that will literally... People laughed at me when I I said at the outset of this that we were going to change the housing market, but potentially if we can build at that kind of scale, with the kind of quality that I want to put into these and the kind of price that we want to keep them down to, uh, we can do that.
1: John told me how his affordable shipping container eco home was built and says that a one-bedroom unit will sell for around £35,000.
0: We started off by cutting it in half, which might seem a bit um, perverse, but uh, the containers come in in two main sizes. The the, the bigger forty foot ones uh, are easier to get in the extra nine foot six ceiling height, uh, which we needed so that it didn't feel like a claustrophobic space. So, um, yeah, we cut it in half, slightly offset it, so it's a bit like. Um, like a, one of the shapes of Tetris, really. But um, yeah, so slightly offset, and then we, we, we cut the internal walls out. And then the, the basic process is you put you put a, a timber frame in um, to to hold the wall paneling later on. Spray the whole thing out with uh, a polyurethane-based foam uh, to counter the condensation. Uh, board over the over that foam. Um, we've, we've insulated the floor and, and put um, natural wood flooring down um and then fitted it out with a a, a wet room shower um a a solid wood fitted kitchen and most of the usual domestic appliances we haven't got a washing machine in here and there isn't an oven um we've got a a combination microwave um six solar panels on the roof which produce more electricity than it actually uses over the space of the year so it's zero fuel bills so yeah we just decorated it and we've we've gone through the 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 process of plastering it and and painting it and so on but we are looking for alternatives now which are going to cut down on on the time when we get on to to manufacturing it so we can do it a bit quicker.
1: John is optimistic about the longevity of the properties and is working with the build off site property assurance scheme to obtain a 60 year lifetime guarantee for the homes in order to ensure that the properties are mortgageable.
0: With the production process that we're going to use I am absolutely convinced that they will do 80, 90 years no problem. Uh, we, we're sandwiching the metal uh, inside a load of insulation so the, the air can't get to it, so they can't rust because there's no chemical reaction there to take place. So uh, rust isn't going to be an issue. Um, where the metal is exposed, um, we're going to put a, a, a low-cost maintenance contract in place so that everybody can have them visually inspected every year and any um, external problems we, we, we can sort out at um yeah, they're, they're going to be every bit as good as traditional building and in a lot of cases a lot better because um, they're, they're a lot more robust to start with. They're designed to withstand the harshest conditions on earth. So sat in a, in a field in, in England covered in insulation, I don't think the longevity of them is, is going to be an issue. We, we need to guarantee them to 60 years for them to be mortgageable. We're going to be working with BOPAS to, to, um, to get that certification in place.
1: But for this to really take off in the UK, John says that a fundamental rethinking is required from the UK government on land supply and financing.
0: The, the current house building system needs a real shake up. Uh, so, land and uh, access to finance uh, and Homes England are going through a massive period of change at the moment. So they've just rebranded from the Homes and Communities Agency, and I uh, know Nick Walkley, the, the, the chief exec, is um, is trying his, his absolute hardest to. Uh, to bring them round to uh, to doing business in a very different way and, and backing uh, SMEs. The, the the white paper that came out last year uh, fixing the broken housing market uh, was very much a manifesto for more innovation, more SMEs. Uh, you know, get, getting small builders back into the market. So the the 2008 crash got rid of about seventy percent of small builders, uh, and it, it's been very difficult to re-establish that um, that that backup. And I think. Yeah, there's there's 140,000 houses a year adrift from from the the target that the government are, are, are trying to set for for even a, a standstill number for building.
1: Currently, the UK has set a target for 300,000 additional new homes to be built every year, but these are widely expected to be missed. In fact, governments have been missing house building targets for decades. Johnson says a new approach is needed, such as affordable factory-built shipping container homes that can be transported to site and plugged into services.
0: What I'm proposing to, to Homes England is that they, they ring-fence uh, a percentage of the land that they have to give away every year, which is about 10,000 hectares. Um, so if they, they ring-fence, say, 50% of that for affordable housing projects and make sure that it's um, distributed to housing associations, you know, land development trusts, SMEs such as ourselves um, and the planning stipulations on that are stuck to and nobody's allowed to have viability assessments where they say they, you know, it, it's, always, it's always the affordable stuff that doesn't get built um, so we, we need to find a way of, of making sure that the, the, the affordable housing that we need is prioritised we don't need any more four and five bedroom executive homes
1: at the same time as being affordable, the homes are also seeking to follow passive house standards. The German system seeks to create energy efficient buildings. Johnson isn't just talking about the homes, he's living in one.
0: Personally, say I mean, I've been living here 12 months now. Uh, I've never been happier. It's a lovely space. It's nice and light and airy and um, temperature wise, it's fine. And the fact that it's free to live in is, is a great selling point as well.
1: Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media, produced and hosted by Bernadette Ballantyne. Special thanks to Urban Rigor, By the River Brew Company, Reach Homes and the National Federation for Affordable Building. Mixing and editing by John Young. Theme tune by JM Sounds. Additional music by Pond5. Shipped to you by Rory Harris. We'll be back in two weeks with more. If you like this podcast, please leave us a comment or review on your podcast app, which really helps others to hear about us, or simply tell a friend to have a listen. Engineering Matters can be found on all podcast apps and on our website, engineeringmatters.reby.media. Follow us on Twitter at Engineer Matters, or find us on LinkedIn and Facebook.